0: I said welcome to, welcome to the Dirty sports Podcast With welcome, to, welcome to the
1: Dirty sports podcast
2: Welcome to the Dirty Sports podcast. I am your host Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from New York, Joey. No Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning. I feel like you've been in New York for so long, man. I know
3: today is my final day. I fly back to Los Angeles today, tonight, this evening. Um, I have I, I feel like I've been in New York for a long time too. And and uh, I I know we've talked about this when You used to live in LA and visit home that when I first got here, I'm like, you know, excited. There was definitely a middle ground here, um, over the course of like last weekend where I was bouncing around New York city doing shows, late night pizza spots, bars, like whatever. And I was like, am I moving back to New York? Like, this is great. I was at the comedy cellar on Monday watching the band and then I bounced over to the stand and did a show and people came out and, and it was great and then now I'm um, you know four days later I'm like ready to go back to LA ready to go back to get, get get in the ocean, have a surf, go get a taco you know Sure I've had a lot of Italian food since I've been here and a lot of delicious sandwiches and don't get me wrong when I'm in LA I miss those things. Greatly.
2: But now Andy Ruther style, I could use a burrito. Oh yeah. Man. That that's the one thing: the food and the weather and the water. Food, weather, and water. That those are the things that make California, especially Southern California, so great. That's that's what I miss. The the burritos, man. God. What, What what I would give for a great local mexican spot or a food truck burrito or the place on. remember the place on lincoln
3: which place on lincoln
2: like the little food trucks
3: oh yeah yeah yeah
2: more like a food stand they would set yeah, up yeah
3: yeah oh that one that was right across from ralph's yeah. dollar taco spot oh yeah. man place on fire
2: might not yeah it would be fire for your butthole too sure but well worth it right
3: I have a great ability to like. Uh, I have a great ability to like sever from my memory what, like when I have diarrhea, what caused it. I'm just like, oh, it. Ha- sometimes it happens, and like I never. I'm just like, yeah. But last night you had tacos made on the street. It's like, that ah, could be that. You know, who knows? My brain's like, don't think about it. Those tacos are delicious. The only thing ever that that stuck around was I'll never eat El Pollo Loco again because it almost killed me.
2: I think I've only eaten there twice in my entire life.
3: I think I've only eaten there twice or three times because honestly, the, the look of it and the name of it and the placement of it in Venice always kind of grossed me out. Um, but then Lachlan and, and Jill used to eat there all the time, and they were the ones that fed it to me the time it almost killed me.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting place that they would have that as their go to. Yeah. If someone said to me, I was discussing this with somebody. If there was one food you could eat nonstop, I would almost probably say Mexican food.
3: Yeah. I mean, I knew you would say that, that you're. I'm
2: like huge Mexican food guy. Yeah. Italians up there.
3: Italians, but... up, Italian's up there, but you need like for me, I basically been eating Italian nonstop here. Like my mom just wants to go out to her Italian all the time. And the good thing here is like you can go to like the italian restaurant we've been to a couple times it's in my my mom's like neighborhood here like you could go and you could get pasta but you could also get a veal chop but you could also get you know seafood you could also get so it's like very diverse but like so many italian places you're basically just going like all right so i just eat pasta every day i don't know if i could eat pasta i could i just have carbonara of cars. I just had carbonara for breakfast. So, what am I talking about? Wow. I, had I had carbonara and an espresso for breakfast. My dad is smiling somewhere. I had pasta and a small cup of coffee. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: The thing is, if you eat that much of town, you got to do some cardio. Yeah. I feel because it's just so
3: carb heavy, which is why I need to go back to Los Angeles because I've done no cardio yeah. since I've been here.
2: Well, speaking of Italians, I think it's a great segue to discuss John ja Morant. Ja's an Italian name, right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> jaw's it ja, ja, not. Uh, it's not short for anything, is it? It's got to be. I, I don't know. Is it, is his real name Jaw Morant? I feel like it probably is. No, it's not. It's not. It's Demetri- Demetrius Jamel Morant.
3: All right. I mean, so- Jaw Morant is the best fucking name ever. God, I mean, talk about all time W's. Tug and I, Josh, would be number one overall. I, I I remember even tweeting, I hope the Knicks don't get the first pick because the first pick is, like, whoever gets the first pick is going to have to take Zion. Uh, So I was like, I was begging for the Knicks to get the second pick. Of course, the Knicks get the three pick because <laughs> I'm not allowed to have nice things.
2: Hell of a game. That 47 points was pretty unbelievable. So, yeah.
3: Incredible, dude. He is the next... NBA superstar. Well, why, I don't said, just, why
2: don't I just jump into yeah. a call if I can real quick? Huh? Okay, let's do it. Because we do have a call specifically about that, and I assume you're going to jump into what he wants to call about, but might as well give him a call real quick.
4: Hey, Joe and Andy. It's Andrew from Columbus. I just wanted to talk about John Morant. Uh, how do you guys view him in terms of best players in the league? Like if you a top five, top ten? Yeah, I saw his uh, he scored like 47 last night to uh, to beat the Warriors and then follow up. Do you think he's better than Steph at this point? Uh, I kind of think he is, but Steph's also a very good shooter, so it's going to be difficult to kind of get the grasp of the public to see that he's better, even though like he doesn't have the elite shooting. He's more of a driver of the of the basketball. Uh, just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that. Also, Formula One race is uh three
2: thirty on Sunday. So if you guys want to tune in, put over. All right. So it's a good call. Like where are we rating Jaw now? Where do we want to compare him to Steph Curry? Well, I would say
3: without thinking about it too hard, I'm gonna go Steph top or sorry, Ja top ten. I'm not gonna go top five immediately, but he's close I can make an argument he is, but I'm not going to go there just yet. Um, so let's say without without like breaking it down too closely. Let's call him a top ten NBA player, but probably like top seven NBA player. Um, and here's the thing about the, the sort of the Jaw Steph, um, you know, comparison. And also this goes for sort of Steph. The Steph comparison throughout his career to other people, whoever the best player at any given time may be. Steph is amazing. Steph is the best shooter in NBA history. Steph is an all time great. But Steph on the Warriors, it's just like it works. And now they built a team around him um, and that works. But like Steph's ability to take over a game in terms of, if like Ja, like Ja had the last 15 points of the game, but he had to do it all on his own. He's bringing the ball up, taking it to the basket, getting buckets. Like Steph just doesn't do that and and shouldn't do that. That's not the most effective way for Steph Curry to play the game. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, to me, I don't even really think there's a question that Ja is better than Steph, that Ja is, I would say more valuable to the Grizzlies than Steph is to the Golden State Warriors. I would say that uh, Ja, you know, you trade Steph and Ja, like the Warriors probably get worse, but the Grizzlies get way worse. Um, I, yeah, I do think he's a better player. And I think it just goes for like being uh, a more sort of dynamic player. Um, But also at the same time, it's like Steph's ceiling is so high, but it has to, it's within, it's within like good game flow. It's within a team that's been built around Steph. Like, you know, there's a lot of players and and I talk about this across sports, like, you know, what's Russell Wilson if he got drafted by the Jags? Like, that's kind of like why I'm always like, you know, maybe like a little overrated. That's my personal opinion. But like, what is Steph if if you drop him on, you know, a, a shitty team right now? Whereas John Morant, you drop him on a shitty team as a rookie three years into the league. They're the two seed. He's scoring 50 points in a fucking playoff game.
2: Obviously, two different type of players like you alluded to.
3: Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. But neither of them, neither of them. True, true, true old school point guards.
2: Sure. But for me, from a here's what's interesting from just a watching perspective. Steph, obviously, the three guy, he can shoot it from anywhere on the court. Nothing is out of his reach. That's what makes him so fun to watch. Jaw is a different type of fun to watch, right? He's breaking ankles. He's doing the moves. He's driving. I have really enjoyed that because I would argue, and I'll see if you agree with me, his type of basketball, you don't see as much anymore because we're so three-point heavy in today's game, whether it's college or the NBA, Jaw's type of play a la Allen Iverson esque, we would say, yeah. you don't see. That's why it's for me. I can watch Steph shoot the lights out, which is fun for me right now. This is more fun to watch. Just my opinion.
3: Yeah, I mean, and and somebody said I said to the other day, um, Ja is the next NBA super duper star. And my buddy is just like, but why, you know, why not Jokic who's like might win this second thing? I was like, well, first of all, Jokic is already deep in his career, but also we're talking about gameplay. We're talking yes. about style. Yes. Um, you know, my, my buddy was kind of like, you know, he was, he was playing devil's advocate, but he was like, is it a race thing? And I was like, no, Like, uh, you know, if a white dude was doing what Jaws doing, it would be just as exciting. But like, to go to the bucket against bigs and hammer dunk on them or to hit like like crazy layups or the way you know he even facilitates from driving the ball to the basket it's like it's more exciting whether you think it's more effective or not than you know a three point shooting pass first big man like It's just who's like lumbering up and down the court. I'm I'm not saying that. that's why I'm saying I'm not saying Jaws a better player than Jokic at this point. And that would be why maybe I don't have him in the top five at the moment. But in terms of what makes superstars superstars, like, you know, in in whether it be social media or highlights or shoe contracts or whatever, like Jaws is the next NBA super duper star.
2: And from a marketing perspective, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. If if you watch his swag and just the confidence he has, I don't know if you had a chance to see his interview after game two with the TNT crew. And you just see it in his body language and how he talks. I would not call him cocky, maybe, but just... And I'm sure he's got a bit of cockiness to him, which, by the way, doesn't bother me. You should if you're an athlete and especially of his caliber. But I just think he had- and you
3: also you you if you're a guy like Ja, and, and we've seen this throughout, like, you know, you you referenced Allen Iverson before. When you're undersized, you need that. You need a mental attitude that's like, I'm going to fucking dunk on you. Sure. If you don't believe that, then you can't achieve that. Not to go full fucking, you know, motivational speaker on you.
2: No, but it's true. Well, this is a great segue because we're discussing Jaw, we're discussing Steph. Also, we had a call about Steph Curry. And this call is coming at you saying maybe you don't put enough respect on Steph. So let's hear from a Warriors fan. And this references what was said last episode. Hello,
1: this Sports. This is, this is, this is Alex uh, from... San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I called in for a while. Just calling in because I'm listening to a most recent episode where we're talking about the Warriors. And
2: real quick, Alex, heads up, dude, you're going to call in. Speak into the phone. That's that's a that's a Andy Ruth a professional tip. Anyway, let's continue.
1: The statement that Steph Curry is a product of the system is kind of a ridiculous claim because he is the system. When when Steph Curry is not in there. There's no there's no backup player that just comes in and the Warriors are the same team when when Steph Curry is out the Warriors look like a much worse team and I mean he, as other words I mean he is the system there's, he is the Warriors and uh, to kind of use that if he's a system player as a point against him being one of the best players in the league is preposterous. Uh Tim, uh, uh Tim Duncan is one of the greatest players of all time. And, Joe, you rightfully rank him ahead of Kobe. But, you know, people called him a system player, too. So that's it. That's the call. Put some respect on Steph Curry's name. So
2: I think that's a reference you might have said a system comment last episode.
3: Well, I, first of all, I just said prior to this, S- Steph Curry is the system. Sure, the system is built around Steph Curry. I don't agree. I disagree with that at all. The system is entirely built around Steph Curry, and, and you know we can go back. I like, I, I have no problem on a on a like in depth level. I don't think we have in time for the, like the time for it on this show necessarily. But like, you know, you go back to. My, my beloved Mike D'Antoni and Alvin Gentry as an assistant on the first Warriors team saying like, this one's for Mike D'Antoni. He's been proven right. Like there is a system of the new NBA and uh, don't forget, Steph Curry was one pick away. And and I listened to Mike D'Antoni recently did JJ Reddick's podcast and it was awesome. I sent it to you um, where he talked about what would have happened if he had made it one more pick and gone to a Mike D'Antoni Knicks team. But like there is, Absolutely, you know, there was a basketball. Mike D'Antoni was trying to head basketball in one specific direction. Steph Curry was the perfect fit for that. You combine those two in a, a warrior system that is absolutely let's take that idea and build it around the perfect player for that idea. And that is why you're you're absolutely right. Steph Curry is the system. But that being said, Steph Curry can't just be dropped on. The Charlotte fucking Hornets and and do this. He can't just be dropped on the Houston Rockets this year and be, uh, you know, the shooter. Like you need to, you need the Draymond. You need like Draymond brings the ball up for the Warriors more than Steph does. So Steph's the point guard. Like this is a system built around the moving the ball and getting open jump shots. And it's also built around the fact that there's two guys like that. Yes, Clay is not on Steph's level, but a lot of people, like the, the way a lot of people think of, of Pippen is like he would get a lot more credit if he wasn't with Steph. Like Clay Thompson on another team has MVP potential. Maybe not now post you know injuries and, and the, the, the current shape he's in, but in his prime, like Clay Thompson you know, scoring fucking 60 points and a half and shit like that. Like he has that potential. So yeah, it is a Steph Curry system, but at the same time is like I just don't believe uh, unfortunately as much as I like Steph Curry that he could have gone anywhere and achieved what he has achieved in the NBA. And also, let's you know, when we talk about I mean we're t- we're t- we're talking about Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, how many MVPs did Tim Duncan win? How many Finals MVPs did Tim Duncan win. How how many fucking finals were they in with Tim Duncan? How many playoff series did they win with Tim Duncan? Like Tim Duncan, yeah. I mean, you, I, I I hope this caller, you know, you you want to say it's totally acceptable for me to put Tim Duncan over Kobe? Of course it is. Don't come with Steph Curry is in Tim Duncan's class. Steph Curry's not in Tim Duncan's class. That's insanity. Tim Duncan is one of the fucking eight best players of all time.
2: So just to answer that question, you asked it as you were saying that rant. They both have two MVPs. Regular season, Steph back to back. Obviously, Steph one year unanimously. Steph has zero finals MVPs. Duncan has three finals MVPs. I would not. I agree with you. I would not put Steph in Tim Duncan's class. Obviously, Steph's a top 20 all-time player. I'd say Tim Duncan's the, the, next the, level. The
3: the, the the Spurs won the second Tim Duncan arrived, essentially. You had a process around building a team around Steph's very unique and very like elite abilities. But can we look at Jordan Poole's season? And can we look at Jordan Poole's season while Steph was out? And can we not say things like it's impossible to have somebody come in and do
2: what Steph Curry did? Didn't he? Well, look, you can make an argument. It's not really an argument. It's a fact. They have sucked without Steph. So since 2018, May 5th, 2018 to May 5th today, right? Four-year span. The Warriors are 29 and 71 without Steph. Sure. so that's awful. They're winning at a 29% clip when Steph is not in the, in the lineup. Okay. But also like,
3: let's take into consideration clay. To, yeah. Clay being out last, the, the last season, like them, them essentially tanking for an entire season. Yeah. I love Steph Curry. I'm sure. not a Steph Curry hater. I, I like, I think Steph Curry is an all-time great basketball player, the greatest shooter of all time. I love Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry's game. I love Steph Curry being the reason the NBA has modernized to the point it did and he was he was a, absolutely a big part of that. but like you know people want to shit on LeBron for like disappearing in a fucking finals game 12 years ago. Steph Curry has fine like how many how many finals games? total does Steph Curry have where he's disappeared, where he shot poorly. And, and that's the bottom line is if Steph isn't shooting well,
2: that's that. You're right. I agree. And I also agree with your take that you can't just drop Steph off and this do- on any team. This, and this doesn't negate his ability or where he stands in the history of the NBA. I agree with you. He's great. He's the best shooter. Unequivocally the best shooter. But you're right. If you drop Steph on the Rockets or a garbage team, pick any of them. Do they instantly evolve at as quick a rate of maybe doing that with another player? I would tend to agree with you. And that's why the John Morant comparison really is interesting in my opinion. I'm glad everyone's making these calls or wants us to have these discussions because they obviously fit a nice team around job ja, but man, three years—he's not getting huge names around him. They made right. a great team around him, but he is the centerpiece, of course.
3: the The Warriors last year, the, or the twenty twenty Warriors, the twenty twenty. Well, let me see. Hold on. That was COVID season
2: what? or non-COVID season? It's twenty twenty. This
3: is COVID season. This, So 2021, I mean, I'm trying to look at the career stats here, but 2019, Steph plays five games, right? 2020 season, that is, I'm just trying to look at.
2: 2020, 2021 season?
3: Yeah, I'm looking, I don't know why Google's doing this to me, but here, I'm going to pull it up on this one. So the 2020, 2021 season. Last season. Steph plays 60 Three games this year. He played sixty-four games, right? So he played sixty-three games last year. They finished thirty-nine and thirty-three, and eighth in the Western Conference. So, what what was the issue? Why weren't they why Why weren't why they weren't the they st- top five seed? And why weren't they a top two seed? John Morant is the top. Why weren't they a championship contender? They have Steph. They have one of the greatest basketball players in the league, right? I now, uh, granted, everybody needs help. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. But the, an eight seed.
2: Yeah, it's a fair point.
3: So if Steph, if Steph's the system. And they had Steph. What's the problem? Yeah, I, I agree. And I already know that because I'm a LeBron stand that there's going to be people out there. Let's not let's not compare. Let's not tr- let's not try to use 37 and 38 and 39 year old LeBron as your benchmark. Give Give me prime LeBron on whatever whoever his roster was. Was LeBron an eight seed when he was playing with fucking way less talented teams than that?
2: Everyone needs help. We're seeing that with Luca right now. Yeah. They're down 0 2. Luca Luca great games.
3: Luca very Luca doesn't just need help. Luca screams for help on every defensive possession <laughs> because. Luca has is, is, is going full Nash at this point. Yeah. There's only so much you can do, facilitating the whole offense, being the lead scorer, or whatever, but, like, Luca has been a sieve defensively. And yeah. I got to say, I didn't see this coming from, like, uh, you know, I, it's not that I underrated the Suns, nor is it that I overrated them, the Mavs or Mavericks, but, like, man, this matchup. I like, yeah, I did not see this coming. I'll take an I'll take an L.
2: Well, the biggest difference that I've seen, not only watching, but statistically is Jalen Bronson had a great series against the jazz. Right. And now he's MIA. Right. Well, that's,
3: you know, that, that is, I think sort of a coaching failure in terms of obviously a guy who is going to take over your facilitating the offense duties is going to thrive when Luca's out statistically but a good coach would have taken that uh, like taken that leap he made without Luca and been like oh well now when we get Luca back we can be that much stronger and unfortunately you know Luca obviously so ball dominant Um, And that would probably be the criticism of Luca's game is like, you know, I know I'm a a Perzingis defender a little bit um, and now turning into a Jalen Brunson fan. But like, you got to be able to make those guys, they're they're the best version of themselves. And you don't want Jalen Brunson doing what he did last series, but you want him to do 80% of that while Luca facilitates.
2: Sure. Both guys need the ball, so that's always the problem you have when two guys right. need the ball. But I'm willing to say this series is over. It's the, Ruther, be. The, the Ruther curse is out there, but 2-0, I just in feel... The,
3: in the fashion that they lost. I mean, that was a yes. back-and-forth, kind of close-ish game for, for them to pull away in the fourth. And, and, you know, it's like, that's like a, a swimming race or a running race Correct. where it's closed for a while. And then it's like, but you, you don't have the last gear that I have. That's, that's a bad sign in terms of making it a series. If one team has, has the ability to close and the other team just absolutely doesn't at 100%. least right now. And again, I think the, the thing that makes me think, agree with you, it's pretty much over is that uh, again, the coaching fail in the in the Brunson-Luca situation makes me think probably not going to make a great adjustment to how to hang on in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Which, you know, we're, we're at that point now. Like, there's not a lot of great NBA coaches.
2: Yeah. Well, obviously, Jason Kidd is one of those coaches <laughs> where I think we're not still sure how good a coach he is. Yeah, and it was absolutely it was a questionable hire, but Question, was both,
3: questionable, but like questionable, but hard to argue with it considering all the
2: things. Yeah, when I say questionable, I don't mean I hate it. It's just right. It was an interesting. Oh, that's interesting. They're hiring Jason Kidd. Yeah, the Sixers don't stand a chance without Joel Embiid. They just well, cle- yeah, clearly not. That that series is. I
3: mean, Oladipo also just like playing great, retu- ball, r- returning to form. That's the, the, the that's a one two punch that's going to be pretty impossible to overcome, especially for a Doc Rivers <laughs> coach basketball team. Yeah. I mean, no Joel Embiid, a hardened dribble, 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 which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, there are so many hardened haters and it's hard to find like, hardened slurpers anymore, although I'm sure there are them out there since Carmelo's slurpers still exist, but I'm a little bit of a hardened defender in terms of like, yeah, it's not great. Seven dribbles and a terrible forced shot, but also at this point, what, what are your options?
2: Well, they're just not, they just can't compete. They just don't have it. They don't have the guys. Without right. Him. right. I, I agree. They, they don't have the guys. And, for as great as Embiid is, did you get injured too much, man? This is this is this is your whole career. I, I hate to say it, but it's true, right? Like that's hard, the knock.
3: It's, it's hard being gigantic.
2: No, I and, and it's nothing personal against him, but you ha- you can't get hurt. You just you gotta be there when it matters most. Yeah, of course. You can't miss playoff games, man, especially in the second round. And the Celtics come back in the other series. We're going to have a good series. We all knew that, I think.
3: Yeah, we knew that. But also, I still like the Bucs. I mean, the Bucks already ha- have already stolen her home court back. They stole at game 1. Um I like the Bucks in that series, but absolutely it will be a good series.
2: I found myself going down at Ydonas Haslam Rabbit Hole watching the Heat game last night because he's uh he's he
3: has like the it's it's like he's it's like he's a rock star and they gave him the um, what do they call it like the honorary degree it's fascinating it's like when when billy joel just gets to have a harvard degree it's like what he didn't even graduate from fucking high school
2: yeah I, i don't understand exactly when these colleges do that it is the same thing he'll be 42 in june yeah and what's crazy when you go down the udonis haslam rabbit hole he was on the squad and and legit player a starter on the squad that won the 2006 title oh yeah with Shaq and Dwayne Wade yeah so he's, he's been he's
3: been he's been there the whole run dude
2: the whole run yeah Aslam's been there the whole time he was on those squads obviously the Le- LeBron Wade Bosch squads
3: it's like how it's like how if you win the masters you get an invite back no matter what. So like Arnold Palmer's playing in it at 81. And they're like, well, you're probably not going to make the cut.
2: Let's see if you can guess. How many games did Haslam play this year? Eight. 13. Pretty good guess. Pretty good guess. I'm just looking at his stats. These are Udonis Haslam. This is pretty fascinating. Let's go back to 2015 up until now. We'll start at 2015. These are his points per game average starting in 2015 and each season. 1.6, 1.9, 0.6, 2.5, 3.0, 4.0, 2.5. That's eight seasons worth. Do they keep him around just because he's a veteran and they want that presence?
3: Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, what I, else would it be?
2: That's what I'm saying. You know, you know, he's not making that much, he's making a couple million a year. I just feel like you don't really see that anymore. But the Heat have done this now with multiple players. Jawan Howard was there for 40 years as well. Yeah, remember? Yeah. Do you think that's a Pat Riley move? And he's smart, like an orchestrated move saying, hey, I need a respectful guy, a f- guy in his 40s.
3: I, I mean, I, it, it almost is probably like, it, it, you know, that's just Pat Riley being smart and being like, how do I have another assistant coach without You know, I'm sure there's a rule about how many assistant coaches you can have. So he essentially has another assistant coach. And smartly, like no NBA team has a rotation that goes to the fifteenth man or whatever. So it's like, why would you? Like honestly, I so that's I I don't. I'm always surprised that more teams don't do this. But like, I'm surprised more teams don't do this in like uh like various ways, not just like. Crafty veterans, like why isn't the fifteenth man on your wa- roster just like, you know, uh like a motivational speaker? Like I, I, I've always believed, like I, I should have an NBA contract. I'll keep, you know, put me on the roster, give me the absolute NBA minimum. No one's getting a DUI when fucking Fix Your Life is on the team. No one's, no one's gonna be sad in the fucking locker I'm picturing room. Picturing
2: you in a jersey, by the way,
3: it's just too. No one's fun. gonna. You in yeah. the layup
2: line. There's a lot of mental images. You going through the layup line.
3: Well, Andy, you know, this, this is a script that I wrote one time. It's called locker room guy. And it's about just like a over the hill, like type guy who's in there just solely for motivational purposes.
2: Is this a movie or TV show? A movie. And it's called locker room guy.
3: Yeah. And he gets a 10 day NBA contract just to like, because his like old college teammate, you know, uh, uh, like, it's like, you know what? We, we need your attitude in our locker room. And he's like, I'll give you a 10 day contract, but then they start winning. So this guy who has absolutely no place in the NBA gets to practice with an NBA team and make, you know, $400,000 a year just to like, keep the locker room in order.
2: Well, that's Udonis Haslam. He's the locker room.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He keeps them from fight. Keeps these guys from fighting with their baby mamas. Make sure they don't get a DUI at the club.
2: We saw it live with Butler and Spolstra.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: He is a locker room guy. Yeah, you should approach him with the script.
3: Yeah, maybe he wants to produce it It's based on the life and times of Eudonis Haslam.
2: How much money you think he's made? Who will be
3: who would be played by a same age as Udonis Haslam, Joe Prano?
2: <laughs> how much money you think he's made in his career? I mean, I, oh. I was I was off on this. I was off on this.
3: Total. Okay, so he's been in the league how long? He's been in the league.
2: 2020 years, 2003, 2004 was his first season. Ninety six million dollars. Man, you're pretty good. Actually, no, you're not good. Sorry. Way more, way less, way less, way less. He's only made 68 million. Wow. Cause he's been taking that league minimum for so long. The most he ever made. Was seven point one million. I was gonna say eight million bucks. Yeah, in the two thousand nine, two thousand ten season, and obviously sixty eight million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, but when you look at what the NBA guys are earning in over nineteen seasons, yeah, it's not that much money. Patrick Mahomes, like it's a season and a half. Yeah, seriously.
3: But. Eudonis Haslam's, yeah, but you're going to give half of that away because you don't have a locker room guy like me to tell you to murder your fucking bitch wife before she steals it. Wait, what? Like, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be married to that oh, fucking girl if you if had a Eudonis Haslam in the locker room.
2: I saw a picture. I didn't realize how long they go back. I saw it. It was like freshman year of high school or eighth grade. Oh,
3: yeah. Like the famous picture of him as like a child and her like over him.
2: With her braces? Yeah. Is that the one we're talking about? Yeah. It's been that long that they've been together?
3: <laughs> yeah, dude. He's he's essentially, a, he's essentially a hostage at this point. Free Patrick Mahomes.
2: <laughs> he's got to have side pieces, right? I, I mean, to be fair, look at the guy. He's kind of a dork. Well, he's not. He is a dork. Yeah. That's not even a knock at him. He's a dork. I, I think with athletes, we don't want to call them dorks again. As I read more about Kobe Bryant's history in three ring circus, you just see more and more of it. Like you were a dork, man. You were a dork. It's fine. And 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 listen, that's part of that's that that's honestly
3: is part of, is part of yeah. That is part of being like that, is part of achieving. You know what I mean? Is like you have to be you almost have to be a sports dork to be elite because it's like if you fuck around and do other shit like you're just not working you know
2: yeah i i totally agree and that's not a dig i call myself a sports dork i'm a sports nerd i like to read in-depth articles about sports analytics i'm a sports dork that's not even a not like the word dork has changed but listen i played high school
3: sports you know i played i was three sport varsity athletes, but like part of the thing is like oh, you go out and you play a Friday night basketball game and then you go out and you have beers. But Kobe Bryant was like, I don't go have beers. I shoot in the gym until my hands bleed because I want to end all of humanity because I'm the mamba. And you're like, all right, well, listen.
2: But also that's where that's why he's got to where he's at. That's my point. Right. That's my point. There's only there's only so many. There's just a couple that are going to be a Bill Belichick, a Nick Saban. They win this much because that's all they care about. Yeah. Their their kids, they don't care about. Yeah. Again, I watched that 30 for 30 or not 30 for 30. I watched that football life on Nick Saban and his kids are straight up saying his daughter said it was a big deal that he came to my wedding, which is wild. Think about that. Right. That he came to your wedding. Your own father coming to a daughter's wedding was a big deal. Right. And that goes for any facet in life. Right. I I don't care whether you're a coach, whether you work in business, whatever it is, you, you know, some people want to do that. That's not us.
3: But in terms of like, you know, in my opinion, like you talk about like greatness, it's like, okay, but like props to Michael Jordan, dude, the dude was out gambling every fucking night, you know? Props to Keith Hernandez, who's rightfully finally getting his number retired from the New York Mets, who was on that. Oh, by the way, did we even talk about this? That I watched the, the K-Rod the broadcast on Sunday night? No, we didn't. Okay, well, we got to talk about that. But yeah, so Keith Hernandez appeared on the K-Rod broadcast. I like A-Rod. Um, you know, K-Rod, the K-Rod broadcast for Sunday Night Baseball is essentially their manning cast of, of baseball. Two problems with that. Michael K., is an abominate. Like, I don't want to listen to Michael K talk about fucking anything. The idea that you're making some sort of Manning cast and you're pairing a rod who already has like not exactly personality. Plus like I'd rather hear a rod on an actual Sunday night baseball crew, than some sort of loose baseball crew. Michael K is, uh, is razor blades to the ears. So the idea that this is their answer to the Manning cast for baseball is offensive, but they have Keith Hernandez on Keith Hernandez. by the way, the, the, the Manning cast for baseball should absolutely feature Keith, Keith Hernandez, and then ask Keith Hernandez, what he wants to do it because he's the best, but he was talking about like the, when he first got to the Mets in 83, he came in, I think like late in the year, got a trade or whatever. Anyway, 84, he says he's on the team in 84. And the first thing that he did is, the first series they started on the road and after the game in the locker room, he's like, all right, what's everybody doing right now? And everybody's like, I don't know. And he's like, we're all going to the bar and we're all slamming beers and we'll all talk about our at bats and we'll all like build camaraderie and we'll all do this thing. And it's like, you know, Kobe Bryant's of the world and the, you know, the, the, you know, whoever the, the, the killer instinct guys and the dorky the, the, the sports nerds, they're great, but you like Keith Hernandez is infinitely cooler than Kobe Bryant ever was at any given moment in his whole fucking life. You know, he's just like, let's go out, slam beers, do a little Coke, get up tomorrow, take some meth and play some baseball, you know? And so there's that, there's those guys too. And it's like, Those are the guys that I would qualify. That's why Keith Hernandez goes
2: in the legend category. Kobe Bryant, great player. but Well, it is interesting. And again, I'm reading more and more. I mean, Kobe's, I'm just in their first season with the Lakers and Shaq and everybody. Kobe did not hang out at all. And again, I know he was 18 and he was young and I'm sure that changed, hopefully. But firsthand account from all the players are saying that. They go, he did nothing at all with any teammates. Yeah. And there's zero camaraderie. And you know how it is in life. It doesn't matter what you do, whether what type of job, when you get to have a couple beers or you go on road trips, flights, you're driving in the car, having conversations, whatever it is, dinners, that's how you build up camaraderie. What I would recommend if you're a young athlete or any profession. Is to go grab a couple Miller Lights to build that camaraderie yeah. with your friends and colleagues, right?
3: Absolutely. You want legine status? It's like the hard work, the 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 killer instinct. That's great and all, but like, no one's ever been on their deathbed and been like, "I I wish I'd hung out with my teammates over a couple couple Miller Lights less than I did." Sure. You know, you know. Um, so yeah, get yourself. I got myself yesterday, Andy, at the Mets game couple Miller lights day, weekday baseball draft Miller lights behind home plate. It was my happy place. It was my happy place. There was a little person on a tricycle. there was a girl in lingerie. you know it was my it was my full happy place
2: yeah good good happy Gilmore reference right there. Thank you and if you're an athlete, remember. It's only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. So you have that as an added benefit as well. A lot has changed over the years. One of the things that has not is Miller time. That's what Miller Lite calls when it's friends getting together to enjoy the simple things in life. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So you went to the game yesterday. I did. And shout out. I forget the kid's name. I'm so sad
3: about it. Shout out to the dirt ball I met. Just spotted me in my seats. Came up to me. Joe Prano, big, big dirt ball. Can I get a picture? Love it. Uh, yeah. Went to the game. Tough, tough, tough game. It was a, was a 0-0 pitcher's duel. Um, and then, you know, Mets ace this year so far, Tyler McGill, who's 4 zero, and actually threw nine consecutive no-hit innings, including obviously the five in his uh combined no-hitter last week, and then four to start yesterday, gets in a little trouble. And then the Mets bullpen that was a bit taxed from playing a double header, brings in Adam Atavinho, who just has an implosion and the uh the Braves have a have a seven run inning and uh, Mets lose. But it was it was a glorious day at the ballpark. Nonetheless, sat right behind home plate, you know, smashed the Miller lights, uh, watch some day baseball. It was Star Wars Day, of course. Oh, nice. It was Star Wars Day. I was there. I was there a little late for a Trevor May, Merit, Mandalorian bobblehead. So I missed out on that. But uh, it was a great day at the ballpark. Every I mean, listen, it, it's like when, like we say when the surf's not great, it's like bad day of surfing still better than a good day at work, you know? Bad day at the ballpark, still better than a good day at work. It was it was tough to be there for a nine-two loss, but better than a lot of different things I could be doing on a on a Wednesday afternoon.
2: Unless you are a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Right. Then every they're day. Playing, is-
3: I believe they're playing a day game today, correct? I don't even know. That's where well, I'm at. The, here's, here's the one thing for the Cincinnati Reds. And this and and trust me, I've been there, guys. So I get it. No, you haven't been here. No, I haven't been here. But I've been, you know, it's a similar feeling. Three and twenty-one or whatever it is. It's I know it's not, I know, you know, listen, it's it, it's 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 as bad as it can be, but the the one thing that you I, I would say this: I would almost boycott watching absolutely all um Reds, everything, but the kid, what's his name? Hunter green. Correct.
2: We have two young guys, him and uh, Nick Lodolo.
3: Yeah. Nick. But greens, you know, he's got elite talent and you know, you could, you could, you could lean into just,
2: just watch his starts. I'm just not watching Joe. Okay. I'm just not like, like, like I said, I I, I got the one game. I, I'm just, I'm heading to Chattanooga next week to see some other prospects. Going to be up in the Appalachian Mountains. Check out their double-A squad. I just can't support what's happening. It does continue to get... I was going to use the word better. It's getting better from a entertainment and just I can't get enough of them losing. It's kind of funny. I mean, 3-21 and for anybody who cares. The Reds are the second team in the National League history Baseball has a long history to start three and 21. The other was the 1894 Washington senators, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. And I can't stop laughing that they're one and 19 since those comments. And we talked about it last episode, just how wild it is. I'm going to say this, Andy. I think
3: that long-term, this is a good thing.
2: Oh yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, I think this is going to lead to them selling the team. I agree. And I can't stop laughing about what you said last week because it's so true. And I've, I've even seen more memes now with Marge Schott. Like we had an owner in Marge Schott who made wild comments like Hitler didn't start off bad, but took it too far. I mean, yeah. this is the type of owner we had. She made racist comments, homophobic comments. She was a crazy old woman. People want her back. She's been dead for years. But my point is someone who said Hitler started off good but went too far, something along those lines. That's the last good owner of the Cincinnati Reds. A woman who was basically sympathizing kind of with Hitler, yeah, but but took it too far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's wild to think that to think that these guys right now running the squad are more disliked than a, a woman. Nazi sympathizer. It's nuts to just to say that it's almost comedy in itself.
3: Also very telling about Ohio, but a lot of oh, yeah. Ohio's, probably, a lot of Ohio's, Like you know, she
2: is right though. Why you got to take a dig at, Why got to take a dig at <laughs> my state. Something we did not talk about last episode was the Trevor Bauer suspension. So yes. I'm going to play, I'm going to play a call and then we'll jump into it.
5: What's going on, Dirty Sports? It's your number one dirt ball from Austin, Texas, KC. I just wanted to give a call since you guys didn't talk about the Trevor Bauer situation last week uh, or on Monday, but also um, a Cuck situation. So speaking of Cucks, is there any bigger Cuck in the history of Cucks than Rob Manfred? Like, let's go back earlier in the year. Frickin' Ken Rosenthal, the, the legend reporter for MLB, got fired from MLB Network because he said something bad about Rob Manfred and the bullshit lockout that was going on. Boom, fired, like a dictator. And now Trevor Bauer, who wasn't found guilty for the sexual assault allegations, like, granted, take that however you want. I listened to his video response on this. I recommend doing it as well. It seemed as if this girl that is accusing him of this, he was banging for, like, five years ended up ghosting her. She hit him up like 10 times over the next couple years. And then she like filed these allegations kind of crazy, but who am I to judge on this, but not found guilty. He was one that was talking bad on Rob Manfred in the MLB for years now. And now he gets a two year suspension from MLB when he's not found guilty by the law. Absolutely crazy. I don't know how people aren't freaking out about this. So I want to hear your thoughts on this and don't give me that bullshit. Oh, MLB is a private institution. They can do whatever they want. Like, I don't want to hear that bullshit. Like, give me your thoughts, boys. And I know this call was long. And, you know, condoms are for Rob Manfred. Fuck that guy.
2: Well, first things first. I think they purposely dropped this suspension because people wouldn't talk about it, it was a Friday. I think I think the, these things are strategically done. They drop it on a Friday. It's a slow news cycle, so it kind of fell into the wayside. Yeah, absolutely. I you know that is all strategically done. The way they drop any news whether it's sports, politics, whatever it is. They definitely did that because of this very reason. I find 2 years absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I mean it's two years from what? The start of when he was suspended. So essentially like another year from July
2: or something like that. No, 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 no. He doesn't get because he got paid. It's not, so, you know, like a judge will say, Oh, you already served time. Yeah. And that'll count in your sentence. They're not doing it that way. So two years from when this was handed down last Friday. Two years from last Friday. Correct. I mean, it is it is insane. It is insane. It is
3: insane. Listen, the 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 idea that Trevor Bauer should not be punished at all because it was not a crime. I disagree with. But two years when he's already missed, you know, the better part of, you know, almost a full season. um, It's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, There's a lot of like when you dig into the story, there's a lot of fucked up shit. Like whether, you know, the, the the thing I always go back to about this story is like, you're allowed to be, you know, you're allowed to be in a relationship with somebody and you're allowed to do fucking wild shit if you guys both agree on it. But like the thing, the one moment that always sticks out to me is that, you know, he punched her unconscious and then did things to her without her permission while she was unconscious. Like hard, hard to like hard to have a safe word if you but are. Isn't
2: isn't he denying that?
3: Right okay uh i don't i think in the the text message exchange that they had you know he almost copped to it a little bit you know um i'm sure he's denying a lot of things it's just like listen i'm no one here is without fault in even if there was like miscommunications or mishandling is up but like the idea again and i hate to do the thing where like you're only suspended this long for this and this long for this and this long for this but like
2: but you have to with marcel ozuna Right, I mean, I mean, that's what I was going to bring up. Like this, to me, it's your classic hypocrisy of anything we see in sports, politics, society—you name it. It, It's just this is what I hate about these things: is that you have something that happened with Azuna, who aggravated assault by strangulation and battery. Right. Which was also witnessed by police officers. Right. And how many games did he get? Let's let, let's see. Let's see how many games he got, which was literally witnessed. Okay. So he um, was suspended for 20 games. It, it, it's just two years and, and the callers, right? Bauer has been going at Manfred for years. Let's not forget that. He's he's had a beef with Rob Manfred directly calling him out on Twitter, directly calling him out on his YouTube. So, of course, he's going to get thrown the book because he has a personal beef with Manfred. Yeah. I mean, two years is ridiculous. Especially if you haven't been charged legally. I would think if there was enough evidence, they would have charged him, especially in LA County. Yeah. So that that should matter, in my opinion. That really should matter. Whether they want to give him some sort of other suspension, whatever. But two years, he's appealing it. And obviously, the union is extremely strong for baseball players, the strongest of all the sports unions. I'd be shocked if it's actually two years come appeal. But at the end of the day, Rob Manfred literally is the worst commissioner that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I can't speak for the NHL. Right. But all these things are just done incorrectly in my in, in my opinion. And we have a call later about that as far as they just focus on the wrong things. I'm not saying this is a wrong thing to focus on in particular, but their decisions are always poorly executed, and this is just one of those things where you say two years, man.
3: Right. It, it, that, that number is insane, all things considered. Absolutely.
2: It really is. But baseball has so many problems. They really do. They, they, they have just so many problems right now. And actually, I'll just play that call. Here's a call which is, again, coming at Manfred, the disdain for Manfred is unlike any other commissioner that you see out there. The Goodell thing, I feel like, has turned in more of like a, a like a shtick. Don't you agree, Joe? Like, yeah,
3: I, 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 I've we've talked about we've talked about the the Goodell thing before. Is like, I think Goodell takes. I think Goodell does his job, which is to take heat for the owners. Correct. And they, they make shitty decisions and they know that's his job. He's going to take the shit for it. And so I think he takes a, a brunt of that from the the fans of the NFL that don't know any better. I think Rob Manfred is making a lot of these terrible, terrible decisions.
2: 100% agree. So here's another call coming at Manfred. So Joe and Andy,
4: stripper turbo Price here. Y'all may cover it on the show today, but if not, definitely love to talk about it. This new fucking rule the minor leagues trying to work out see if it works with the batters getting six seconds, I think, once the ball is back in the pitcher's hand, they get back in the box, or it's an automatic strike. I just saw dude get called for a strike three without the pitcher ever throwing a goddamn pitch. I mean, Manfred is just ruining... Fucking baseball. What he doesn't realize is, I enjoy going to the ballpark fans that actually enjoy. I've gone to five break games. I don't care if they last two hours or five hours. I'm there to have fun, but what I'm not there to do is spend $100 on beers between beers and hot dogs. I think me and my girlfriend spent like 120 bucks between beers and food inside the stadium, and it's fucking absurd. I, most Americans right now can't afford this. How about you make baseball more affordable Instead of speeding the goddamn game up, the game is perfect the way it is. Get rid of all these extra fucking rules. Just play the fucking game and make it more affordable. I cannot believe we're having guys getting called for a strike three without even getting a fucking pitch. I mean, it's it's getting worse and worse by the day. The bottoms aren't for 80s and 90s basketball slippers. The free throw duck isn't that cool, guys. It's not that hard when you see all these guys, what they can do today. Stay dirty.
2: I didn't know about the six seconds or less trial for minor league hitters where they have six seconds to get back in the batter's box or it's an automatic strike. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You uh know, yeah. I was gonna if say that not, that it, go ahead. To his point, you know, you know, that's that's an owner issue. Obviously, he's the commissioner referring to the prices, but I agree. This, this seems to be lost in everything, and inflation is insane right now. All of us are dealing with it, it's in every facet of our life. And here we are going to games, or some of us I'm not going to Reds games this year, but the year still costs so much money. Yeah, slice of pizza still costs and, so much.
3: And I mean, again, that we, we've talked about this before, but I'll just reiterate baseball is trying baseball is stupidly trying to cultivate new fans by saying the the by taking what by taking what people who say they don't like baseball um and trying to attack those issues oh it's too slow it's too uh th- fine fuck off fuck off like if if if, if if 70% of people said that the, their issue with tennis is there's not enough tackling, do you think the USTA would suddenly make it a full contact sport? No, they'd be like, go watch football. So take your fan base, realize that human like realize that the human race reproduces, take the people that love your sport, cater to them, Let them pass the sport on to their children. Let them pass the sport on to their friends, their girlfriends, their wives, their husbands, whatever. Cultivate your fan base. Don't worry about creating like baseball is a dying sport. Okay. don't like stop trying to save it by being like, oh, fans want more collisions. Like that's not the point. The point is that you make baseball hard to enjoy for the fan base you currently have by having shitty umpires by having shitty rule changes by having you know a, a, a million different shitty like rules and uh you know just like to the, you're 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 just fucking the whole thing up take the take the baseball fan and try to repopulate baseball fandom from the people that love it no matter what Make them make it easier for them to enjoy, not harder.
2: And again, if you want to make things more entertaining, just look at the minor leagues. It's such a simple solution. It's right in front of your face. Yeah. How much fun did we have when we went down to Amarillo, Texas? So much fun. With the sod poodles. Yeah. Go look at the Japanese pro baseball leagues. Look how they do it. Now, granted, they go next level WWE style, and I'm not saying every game has to be like that, but these are such simple solutions. And I think that's a great message to all sports owners, again, with the current state of the economy. Stop being such assholes. We know it's public. This isn't 1985. We know what you're making on TV deals. It's at every publication. We know how much money you're getting in rights. You don't need all that extra money. 100%. I appreciate that. I needed that at the very end for you to just say 100%. So we didn't talk too much NFL draft last episode. I know you. I know you said, Oh, Ruther in his NFL. Hey, I have been trailing off a little more lately. Have I not? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can be fluid. I, th- obviously the NBA playoffs have been a lot of fun to watch. I did get a DM though about it and I'll just read it saying, Hey, any chance we can get more NFL draft on Thursday? I know you guys have a lot going on with the NBA playoffs, time constraints, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I wanted to know more insight on what you guys thought about Malik Willis and Jacoby Dean dropping so low, whether Kenny Pickett can pick up the torch in Pittsburgh, the AJ Brown, AJ Brown trade, the multitude of wide receivers taken in the first round, and who you guys thought fared the best and worst over three days. Thanks. That's from Brandon DM. That to me, the truth is, I don't follow, and we can talk about some of these things, but I don't go as hard in depth on drafts any. Anytime ever, because it's right, just like, right. I'd like to watch it play out on the field. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Now the, the quarterback thing was fascinating. The, the fact that the, the quarterback field was so weak, you had one quarterback taken in the first round and you had pick it going to the Steelers. I don't know enough about him, but from what I do know, I just don't think that's your solution. You don't think that's your solution? I don't know.
3: Honestly, I like Pickett to the Steelers. You do. I do. I like it. Um, I liked pick it in college from what I saw. I know there's questions about his hands. I know there's whatever, but like you look at the Steelers the last few years. I mean, first of all, you've had big Ben, a shell of himself. And then you've had, you know, the Mason Rudolphs, whatever that are keeping them competitive. I think, I think it was a nice, uh, Like, it was a nice chance to take. I mean, you already have Trubisky who's going there. You take the chance. Like, what if it pans out? Like, what if you get a hometown kid? You wasted a, a, you know, a middle of the road first round pick on a hometown kid who could be your guy. I actually like it. I think the upside's insane. I think at the worst, you know, is, you know, let's say he's Mason Rudolph. Like, you could go to the playoffs with him. But if he but the upside is obviously way higher. And and obviously, if it works out, I mean, this could be writing the Dan Marino wrong that they did so many years ago. I mean, I don't think he's going to be Dan Marino, but I actually really like the Kenny Pickett pick for them.
2: Now, the Malik Willis pick I also falls all
3: the way to the Titans
2: in the third round. I don't hate that. And then we have these comments this week from Ryan Tannehill.
0: In a quarterback room, in the same room, you know we're we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but um, you know if he learns learns from me along the way, then um,
1: then that's a great thing.
2: All right, so everybody went with the Brett Favre comparison. I, I I've heard this from a lot of people over the
3: years. Um, Eli Manning essentially said this about Daniel Jones. Is, is there a nicer fucking better, like more team first guy that's ever walked the planet earth than Eli Manning? Like the dudes, the dudes, yeah. the best, the dudes, the best. So Brett Favre and his relationship with Rodgers and whatever, it's like, okay, you can take that however you want. Uh, Eli Manning saying, essentially, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to mentor, but I'll like help where I can to me. Like if he's saying that, then like, it doesn't necessarily mean this comes with bad intentions. I'm totally fine with this. I think, I think going out of your way to say that you're going to mentor a guy to take your job is going above and beyond. And is and as honestly, like a little bit more cuck behavior than anything, like Kobe Bryant would never say that. Right. Like, I think I think part of being a competitor is being like, you know, in a quarterback room, we're all trying to help each other. We're all on the same team, you know, like I'm going to help him as much as I help any other guy who's my backup. But the idea that I'm I'm grooming him like he's my, you know, apprentice. Why would I do that so he can take my job?
2: Yeah. Well, regarding the A.J. Brown trade my take is this you're going to the Eagles. I don't think it really matters because the quarterback situation is such a question mark. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's a nice piece for sure. And they're obviously trying to surround the quarterback question mark with tons of weapons so that there's not really, you know, an excuse or whatever. And then they, and then they know whether or not they have their guy based on that. Um, for the, the value that they, had to give up for him. I hate the Eagles, but I, I like the move. If the Giants did that, I'd be for it. Yeah.
2: And, and all the receivers taken in the first round, it is interesting because I think a lot of these guys, and Brett Far said it on Pat McAfee's show recently. You know, a lot of these guys who turn out to be studs aren't taken in the first round. Right. Devontae Adams wasn't a first round pick. Right. And, and, and you have your guys, and I think that's what he cited. You have your guys who turn into studs who are in the first round. Don't get me wrong. But I do still find it interesting that so many teams do go with the first round or the top 10 or top 15 wide receiver pick, where the argument, and you and I both agree on this, if you got a good quarterback, he's going to make a second or third rounder pretty damn good.
3: Absolutely. And then you don't have to pay them that much, uh, you know, obviously there, you know, based on where you um, based on where you go, obviously your rookie deal and your signing bonus, all that's kind of predetermined. So, yeah, I mean, this is something we've been talking about, even with, uh, you know, Devonte Adams leaving the the Packers and all the other things that go with it. Like, you know, unlike other sports, like the it's a, it's a pretty strict salary situation. And if you have an elite quarterback with what, what, what elite wide receivers cost, is this your best option in terms of winning?
2: Yeah. And for every Jamar chase that just comes out and lights the whole league on fire, you have every Raiders wide receiver taken in the top 10 in the two thousands for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's you, you definitely have your success stories, but I do I did find it interesting that that many guys went top 20 as wide receivers. Yeah. But like we said, it'll play out on the field. That's that's why I don't ever take too much stock into the draft. I don't really care as much about it to be honest. I think the NBA draft is more exciting because a lot of times we know or even that we don't know. Something I haven't brought up that's been sitting on the rundown is that Sunday ticket will likely go to Apple now, which I think is a great move. Yeah, that's nice. Right? Yeah. I think that'd be a great win for everybody. And again, we talk about money and we talk about owners and the leagues. The estimate is that Apple will get those rights for $2.5 billion. Wow. Wow.
3: I mean, I'm an Apple guy. I support all the Apple stuff. I like Apple TV. I still use Apple Music. So uh, I, I, I think the way the function of it, um, you know, I had a pretty good gig with uh, DirecTV for all these years using my brother's password. So that's uh, that'll be a mix. But I'm assuming, Mike, you will still get the uh, NFL package. I'll figure out a way to still get this done.
2: Well, the practicality of it is so much better with Apple. DirecTV, I've had the Sunday ticket now for five or six years. It's a pain in the ass. It's just the yeah. whole the whole functionality of it. It's a pain in the ass, and I, I would love if this went to Apple. And they also might do something where you don't have to get the whole package. You can go more a la carte and say, "Hey, I'm a New York Giants fan. Yeah, I just want to watch the Giants game. Yeah, every week. What's that going to cost me?" And that that'd be that'd be a great bonus for anybody who lives out of market for their team. So I I really do hope that Apple gets this deal. And R I P Direct TV and
1: R
3: I P Direct TV just in
2: general, right? Like, yeah, goodbye. Yeah, I saw um,
3: one of my friends had Direct TV streaming the other day. It was like Direct TV without the without the satellite, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I might keep them afloat for a minute.
2: Yeah. But they're a pain in the ass, even with Sunday ticket. The calls have been good this week, Joe. You know, it's, it's like Joey called out all the dirt balls. And they rose to the occasion. And they said, you think we have bad calls? <laughs> we're going to leave fucking good calls, dude. And we're still getting calls about Joey. Are we going to play those? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. But I heard a call this morning, and I never heard this. And and I did a deep dive on this wild conspiracy. Okay. This is like the most dirty sports ever conspiracy that i never heard of. But it has our show written all over it.
3: Okay. This is great because I also have a conspiracy. I'm going to throw at you after this.
2: Okay. So this is a new Dirty Sports Conspiracy, which isn't even a Dirty Sports Conspiracy. Apparently, it's out there already in the
1: uh, universe. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's your boy, Captain Cook. Hey, so everybody knows Jimmy G got traded to the Niners because Tom Brady was all, I don't want to be trying to take my spot." Right? That's what they thought. However... Rumor has it, the real reason for the trade was because Jimmy G knocked up Robert Kraft's younger girlfriend. Check it out. Owner publicly claims not to be the father of the child. All right. Uh, Traded the player as a bust, and the quarterback, Tom Brady, gets to continue being his goat and takes one for the teen attitude. Look into it, discuss, let me know what you think.
2: Dirty. This is a great conspiracy. So I love it. I did look into this. Okay. Over a nice little breakfast burrito. Classic Andy Ruther breakfast burrito. Dirty sports conspiracy. Love the call. Captain Cook. There's not much traction here. I couldn't find anything saying Jimmy G knocked her up. Now, if you recall, I remember us discussing this. On the show, this is a few years ago, Robert Kraft girlfriend had a secret baby, right? Secret baby. So his girlfriend, Ricky Noel Lander had a baby, but he refused to. It's very Jerry Jones esque. say that he was the father. They've been Is dating. there
3: is there a name that your daughter could have that makes her more likely to be sleeping with a rich old man than Ricky?
2: Oh, 100%. They've been dating on and off for 5 years, right? She has a baby. He buys her a house in LA. A source on the matter says Bob is fully supporting the baby or child. There is a lot of tiptoeing around the subject of the Patriots office. This is from an article in 2018. Everyone is afraid to openly talk about it. The source added that Kraft's four sons anticipated the Kraft family trust would be changed to provide for the child. So she's almost 40 years younger. And again, these are things that happened a few years ago. He refused to openly admit that was his child, but you also bought her a house and they're on record saying they're going to take care of the kid. But this is the wild, crazy part. This is right around the time Jimmy G's traded. So this theory is that Jimmy G knocked her up.
5: Yeah, this
2: is wild. This is a wild one. I like it. It makes sense. It does make sense. I could not find anything about Jimmy G knocking her up, though. Every report goes to that. Robert Kraft, because that's the because that's you got to go is, Reddit.
3: Reddit's where we get this theory.
2: It's like a conspiracy within a conspiracy.
3: Yeah. Reddit is where, where we'll find this conspiracy. Who's going to do the deep dive on it? It seems like Captain Cook.
2: Yeah. If you could do a deep dive on this, although I know I will.
3: Yeah, I know you will as well. I'm gonna I, go I ha- deep in the bowels of Reddit. I like this theory, though, because it, it it was strange after all that. Right. Like all the grooming of Jimmy G and then Tom Brady. Like, you know, he sticks around, but he doesn't stick around that much longer. And it seemed like Bill Belichick w- wanted that to happen. Like, the, it was weird, right? Like, all of a sudden, Kraft, who has was always like, whatever Belichick says goes, changed his mind. And seemingly was on the opposite side of the Jimmy G decision as Belichick. But then also, Belichick kind of made it, like, suddenly that he was okay with it. Which, like, why? Why? Because... Belichick was then doing a favor for his buddy Robert Kraft was like yeah I get it this this guy can't be in our locker room anymore
2: yeah I got it I got you I'll trade him and then what I uncovered during this so she was an actress of course had had some small roles here and there I don't know if you know this but you have to watch this there is an audition tape with his girlfriend oh I've seen it oh my god it's so cringe Yeah, it's Robert Kraft and his girlfriend. It's I'm reading an article from 2012 where she's auditioning for speaking of a hit movie, the hit movie, The Internship. Remember that? The Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson movie. Yeah. And he's reading the lines to her in front of a green screen. It's so crazy. Have you seen it? Yeah. I'm going to play it real quick. I don't know how it'll play, if it's better visually, but it's still awkward, I think.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yes. That is burned in my memory. You can stop now. Oh,
2: my God. This is so bad.
1: Hi, you were really good up there. I didn't mean that in a sexual way, but not that it wasn't erotic.
0: I am so embarrassed.
1: This is
2: wild.
3: Yahoo,
1: what's that? I'm not familiar with that company. Fuck you, pussy.
2: (gasps) (laughs) Robert Kraft says, fuck you, pussy, for the audition, and fake punches a guy. It's wild that these things are out there. It's wild. And she looks like everything a rich, old, white billionaire would go for. really skinny model looking actress about 40 years younger. I really hope Jimmy G knocked her up. I really do. That's wild. The other thing that we can't forget in this situation, Joe, Belichick really loved Jimmy G. In fact, when they sent him to the Niners that was a favor where he said, "I think he'll excel under Shanahan." If you remember, he didn't right, want to send right, him, right, right. He didn't want to just send him to yeah. the
4: Browns.
2: Yeah, yeah. His thought was, "Hey, I like this guy. Yeah. I want him to do." I, that. And,
5: and
3: I believe in him, and I like want to. I want to show you guys that he. I was right
2: about him. Correct.
3: I'm not going to send him somewhere to die, but Correct. also he fucked our owner's girlfriend, and they have <laughs> and they have a secret baby together.
2: I want to know where he heard this. Cook, you got to call back because, again, I unless I missed something, I didn't see anything about that on there. All right, let's get to another NBA call.
0: Ruther Prano, it's your boy Dan, your one and only Indy 500 correspondent. I wanted to hear your guys' takes and maybe revisit some takes on NBA coaching and talk a lot about coaching on the show uh, number one Jason Kidd, number two, Brad Stevens and maybe number
1: three Quinn
0: Snyder. That's the call and condoms are for Purdue and the faceless Arizona dirt ball trolling calls.
3: Well, I mean, uh, I guess we could do that pretty good. I mean I think I think uh, I think Jason Kidd, TBD, right um, but certainly not. Uh, and out of the gate, great NBA coach. Like, it doesn't hit the ground running. I mean, he's in it in his. He's had he's had multiple head coaching gigs, multiple assistant coaching gigs. Um, I I think definitely TBD. I think maybe he has good potential, but I'll, there's been a lot of guys like Jason Kidd. Um, you know the, the the let's go with the former point guard thing is like is like the nba equivalent of like let's hire a catcher to be our manager um we'll see um i i am hopeful that jason kidd could be a good coach but for me to predict that he will one day be a great nba coach is would be a tough uh guess for me especially since it's just so hard to be a great nba coach do you agree
2: yeah no i do
3: Brad Stevens, I think, was a uh, great NBA coach that or I would say a very good NBA coach that was, uh, you know, maybe didn't get the best opportunity when it comes to talent. He I mean, he you know, they were the one seed, I believe, one year and uh, obviously that the Kyrie Irving situation, I think I think the Kyrie Irving situation was like the most difficult part of Brad Stevens. Uh, uh, coach grip, but also like how great a coach can you be if you had the success that he had and then left and like doesn't want to be a part of it. So like managing personalities and managing egos is, uh, obviously a big part of the game. I think good X and O guy, maybe missing that Phil Jackson ability to manage, uh, NBA egos, as we've seen from college coaches making the transition in the NBA and in the NFL. And then, uh, Quinn Snyder, I think heavily underrated and, uh, a pretty good coach, but I think also flies under the radar in Utah. What would Quinn Snyder be if he had, um, one of the better gigs in the league, maybe some better, but like he has stars.
2: Can he get some rest? He just always looks haggard. Quinn well, Snyder, I think it's
3: the cocaine. The cocaine. Yeah, he yeah. just
2: just take a nap, bro. You just. But I feel like Quinn
3: Snyder fits into that like Keith Hernandez legend mode. Like maybe he's not going go to go diamond as an all time great NBA coach, but I think he's probably partying as hard as anybody's ever partied in Utah. You know. Yeah. He's drinking, he is like he's probably the cocaine connect for the city of Salt Lake City.
2: He's drinking forty two point three beers to get drunk.
3: I actually like Quinn Snyder and think he is under. I would like to see Quinn Snyder get like a big job, but maybe he likes flying under the radar in Utah. Maybe that's part of the deal.
2: Mormon girls are freaky too.
3: Quinn Snyder just can't get any sleep because he's spending eight hours docking
2: or soaking or
3: whatever soaking.
2: Yeah, but I think I think that's a myth. I think I think I think the Mormons. I think a lot of. I don't know. In my experience, I think a lot of Mormon girls are like attractive and just freaky. Yeah. They, you know, as as with most religious people, they hide behind that and then they just go crazy. Docking. (laughs) What's the difference between docking and soaking? Docking's, I think, when you go penis tip to penis
3: tip and you like put, put this, the, the like, I think that was the the thing. I think you were the one that told me about it's like pulling the, pulling your foreskin over somebody else's penis tip or something like that. I always confuse it too. And I think soaking is just like laying inside a chick.
2: Soaking is just insertion, but you can't move. Right. You know what else about Salt Lake? Salt Lake has a very high underground gay population. Not surprised. Exactly. I I learned that from spending some time there on my old radio gig. When we do events there, like those guys were going crazy at night. And I think lots of docking was happening in this imagine, game. imagine having
3: five, five wives. I'd probably be like, you know what? Maybe I should try guys too. <laughs> Can't even keep one girlfriend.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. I agree. All right. So we got a couple calls about Joey. Do you want to play him? Let's do one. This one's pretty funny. All right. Let's do one. No, we got to play both of the, both of these. Actually, okay. <laughs> this is from the same guy. It's pretty funny.
0: What's going on, boys? This is Alex Walters, Dirtball, friend of the show. What the fuck am I saying? What the fuck? Don't play the Andy. I just worked out. <laughs> Pissed. The dude was talking shit. I didn't listen to, like, two episodes, maybe, and I see that this fucking guy is talking shit on the dirt ball, man. And he's saying that we don't know anything, and we are big bitch boys. Guess what, bitch? You can be the Joker all you want. I'm fucking vain. I'm 6'5", and I'll put you in the fucking dirt, bitch. All he wants is attention, man. He's talking about plugging his show. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Fucking pussy. I'm bang, bitch. I don't give a fuck if you're the Joker. Anyways. Dirtballs know what's up. We would all beat the shit out of
2: them. That's all that we need to know. So then, so then he leaves another one. He says, don't play us. Every time you guys say don't play us, I love playing it. Yeah.
0: What's going on, boys? This is Alex Walters, Dirtball. I just made a call. I think I called the wrong number. I don't know. I said I had a weird area, so I'm just going to re-say what I had to say to that guy who was talking shit to all the dirt balls. All you want is attention, then Talking about your show, plugging your shit that nobody gives a fuck about. And you're talking shit on the dirt balls saying, we don't seem scary to you at all? Motherfucker, what do you look like? What the fuck is this shit? I can't believe this. I was a little bit stoned. A little working out. I had high adrenaline on my last call. I don't know if it went through the right number, but I will say it's a load of bullshit, man. You don't come in here talking to the dirtballs like that and get away with it. You pussy. Fuck you.
2: (laughs) I'll give Alex credit. Alex leaves his full name. Yeah. He's like, yo, bro, this is my full name.
3: Here's my full name. He's like, you've merely adapted to the doc. I was born into it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I like all the Batman references. Yeah. You're the Joker. I'm Bane. <laughs> I did do a deep dive, and, and, I, and I've corresponded with Alex. Alex is, he's a tall dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we're potentially setting up dirtball and dirtball grudge match, you know. Let's go. It's pretty it's pretty interesting though that we're seeing the fight when you call these guys out. Yeah. To do an old reference going back to the very early days of dirty sports, Joey, you're learning the dirt brawls turn down, down, ne- <laughs> down for never. It turned down for never. Those are the calls today. 310-359-8365. We'll get to some more next week. Appreciate all the feedback, all the animosity. I do love how he didn't think he had the right number.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Then called the same number again.
2: And as I look through, you know, he's called one, two, three, four, five, including those two. Put it in your phone, bro. Bro, you've called six, seven times in the last year. What is the number, Andy? 310-359-8365.
3: Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Your calls, we love them. Yeah, this, just put Dirty Sports I, Highline. I'm a, I am don't know about Joey the Joker, but Joey No Chill really appreciates your calls. Uh, Andy, you can follow me on all social media, at Joe Prano, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. I fly back to LA tonight, and we'll be doing shows this weekend. I got a show at the Hollywood Improv, on Sunday, I'm hosting it. I believe it's the 9.30 show. It's part of Netflix. is a joke fest. I've got um, shows in... Uh, Redon- I got a show in Redondo Beach at the Minimal Golf Club, former sponsor of the show, next weekend. Uh, Westside Comedy Theater next weekend. San Diego, around the Mets series in June. All kinds of Southern California shows coming up. So uh, go to JoePrano.com or just follow my Instagram and come see a show.
2: Yeah, well... Stay safe on that show. We, we, we've seen yeah. other comedians. Oh,
3: get- that was my conspiracy theory. We'll save my, we'll save my Dave Chappelle fight conspiracy theory for another episode. Ooh. Cause you know, you had your Will Smith, Chris rock one. And I have a, I have a Dave, Dave Chappelle conspiracy theory, write that down for another show.
2: I am. I'm writing this down right now. You know me. I love a good, I would love to theory. mix it in right now,
3: but I've just got, I've just been hit with some interesting news that I have to deal with. Uh, Immediately after we get off
2: the air. No problem. Let's wrap this up again. As always, thank you guys for all the support. Have a lovely weekend. And as always, stay dirty.